0: I'm Sonia Rita, and welcome to the second episode of Running on Optimism. Today I'm chatting with nutrition coach John Ramirez, who is the founder of Beyond Gym Selfies. John exudes a positivity that I absolutely love sharing. And so we're going to talk about where he finds that positivity and how his journey through fitness actually started. John's also going to share how he translates that positivity into inspiring women to be their best and mostly to just love themselves and who can't use a little bit more self-love. So I want to welcome John Ramirez, founder of Beyond Gym Selfies. And first I want to say I love that name, Beyond Gym Selfies. It's fantastic. So I'm really excited to have you here on Running on Optimism. Thank you. So I, I tell me a little bit about what you do, the work you do, um, and from there, I think I want to go into what inspired you to do that. So just tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Absolutely. So right now, my main focus is um, helping women in ending the struggle of weight loss uh, so they can finally just stop worrying about um, their weight and being able to live their life fully without you know, the way they look or the way they feel or the way they see themselves because they're quote unquote overweight, Um, just stop that that cycle so they can, can be happy. A lot of women believe that they have to lose weight in order to be happy and that's moved so far from the truth. So that's really my goal because I know that from my trajectory it was from a place of some darkness that I never really looked upon, but in the transformation uh, itself, I was able to find what my happiness truly meant. So for me, Um, it means a lot to be able to help women, especially women, um, break through those barriers.
0: You know, I love that because that's a lot of how I feel. Um, You know, I I think everybody, I've struggled with um, having my physical appearance be the measure of my happiness. And um, I personally am super thankful to have found running to be able to just kind of get rid of that that um, happiness and health to me does not come from the way I look, but rather the way I feel and the lifestyle I'm leading. So is that kind of what you're putting out there too?
1: Yes, 100%. And that's really why the name of, if you want to call it business, of my brand is Beyond Gym Selfies to kind of steer away from what a lot of women think health is, which is the selfies that they're seeing on the internet of the perfect physiques that they have the perfect diets uh, for me is let's live life beyond those gym selfies. Like, that's non-significant rather than having a balanced lifestyle and just having happiness from deep health, right? And if you've ever seen the logo for my um, company, I have five categories when it comes to health. One is the sleep quality, being able to know that you're resting properly where that's where the magic happens. Uh, number two is stress management, you know, taking care of your mind, because uh, if the mindset isn't there, the transformation isn't going to happen. Then looking into your nutrition, right? How how balances your diet? How can you balance it out? And then we go into movement, which is movement outside of the gym, right? Many women think the first thing they need to do is step in the gym and be there seven times a week. When I put that in the last place, exercise it comes after movement. Things like walking, just going outside for a walk, being out in nature, um, running around with your kids if you have kids in the park that type of stuff that we no longer do, especially with everything that we've been going on in the world with COVID, we've been home uh, in the house and people, yeah. some people are afraid to even step out of the door. So definitely that's, that's my mission to live beyond the gym selfie, live beyond looks.
0: Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. When I first saw, um, so John and I were introduced two, three, three years ago, maybe?
1: Longer, probably like five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Long, long ago, time just flies, especially like this COVID time warp. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like time is either going really fast or really slow or like doing both simultaneously. Um, So when I first met John years ago, uh, that beyond gym selfies has kind of stayed with me. And the funny thing is, is I have taken maybe like two or three gym selfies. Like I take a picture of myself after my run and I'll post it. But the gym selfie has always been a very awkward thing for me because maybe for me lifting and that workout is, is for me and that private thing. And I'm like, am I supposed to be posting a post-gym selfie with like my booty out? Like, is that what I should be doing? <laughs> so I love that idea of the beyond gym selfies. because not
1: Absolutely. And and, you know, it's funny even that you mentioned that. I I think, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with the gym selfie itself, right? But I think it's what it became where, where they're now young ladies that are living a life of restriction and, and literally being miserable just because they feel like they need to look a certain way when they do show up to the gym with the crop tops, the small, um, the small tight pants. Some of them are, you know, getting surgeries in order for their glutes to be bigger. They have a bigger butt because is it's that what they're seeing online? That's what they feel they need to live up to. Um, I think there's a beauty in, in, in the women that have the confidence to say, like, listen, I'm taking care of my health look, this is my imperfect self at the gym, which is really what I see from a lot of the stuff that you do. Like you're not afraid to show the imperfect self. You don't always have to feel like you're only showing the highlights.
0: Yeah. I think, um, I mean, personally, I love putting that out because, um, you know, everybody talks about how Instagram and all that is a highlight reel and, uh, hey, I actually just thought of something. Instead of the highlight reel, let's keep it real. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> so I really, really like that. So I wanted to talk to you because um, I love what you do. I love that concept of beyond gym selfies. But even more than that, you are, you exude that positivity. You exude, you, you put out there so much wonderful energy. And I want to know where that comes from.
1: Absolutely. Glad to, to share that with you. And we'll, I'll do the, the surface answers first, which is really, it's one thing I always joke about when I speak to women on the phone is I always get the surface answer from them. And then when we get deeper and we really realize it's it's deeper than that, but I'll say the surface answer was stepped on the scale at the doctor's office when I was like 27. Um, just stepped on it, looked at it, it's like 270. Um, didn't think anything of it. Took my put my shoes back on, doctor calls me in, long story short, he tells me, you're fat, <laughs> you need to lose some weight, um, he didn't say it in those words, but he said, listen, you're overweight, um, you're 27 years old, um, I'm ready to get you on pre-hypertension medication, so mm. that already kind of lit up oh, no. something, wow, pre-hypertension at 27, I thought I was healthy, you know, I thought I was healthy, yeah. it's like a party all night, and do whatever Hell I yeah. wanted, <laughs> yeah. so once that kind of hit home, I told myself, you know what, I wanted to become healthier. I want to become healthier and and start the process. So I started going to the gym, um, never really took care of my nutrition. Um, I kept on eating the same way I was before. And and it wasn't until I made a change in the way I started eating things where I lost most of my body fat, right, which is what people call my transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of like the surface. When I look back on it and, and I really dove deep, which I honestly think was my secret sauce with being able to dive deep and reflect in my life um was realizing that I had a relationship with food and I was coping with a lot of trauma with food.
0: Okay. okay. Right? Wow. So
1: when I I was born in Colombia. I was mm-hmm. born in Colombia uh 1984. Um I came to the United States. We migrated at the age of 12. So my dad was here, here first, the violence going on in Colombia, um yeah. what's kind of crazy. I was raised by my grandmother. Um, I I was never really with my mom. When I came here, I started living with my dad and his wife. And during that experience, when I was um, living with them, my little brother was in the household, which was my stepmom's son. Mm -hmm. I started dealing with a lot of humiliation in forms of food, where there was food in the household that belonged strictly to my brother, and it wasn't for a 12-year-old kid at the time, now when I reflect, to touch. I couldn't eat the yogurts, the cereals, the stuff that was in the house. I couldn't touch it. It was off limits. So what started happening is my dad started to give me money to get my own snacks. So I developed the habit of buying high caloric, like anything that I wanted. And I would eat those foods in order to prove a point that I didn't need anything from this other individual that didn't even know that I was doing this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I carried that on through my entire adulthood. And honestly, from the transformation of losing weight, that's when I was able to realize because even the first 60, 70 pounds that I lost, I was rebounding every single winter. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was using the mask of fitness and putting on muscle
0: mm-hmm. to
1: to excuse the weight that I was putting on in the winter, the how guys I was bulking, I was putting yeah, on yeah.
0: muscle. Yeah. But
1: in reality, I was emotionally eating. I was pulling up into Dunkin' Donuts and getting three donuts and eating them in the car, looking around the car to see if anybody was watching me, just to feed my emotions. Wow. Right? And and, and honestly, from that journey and being able to start taking care of my mind, I realized that a lot of the positivity for many years was a mask. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I'm being, okay. this, being completely vulnerable for you, I'm, I would say, the past maybe year and a half is when I dove deep into meditation and being able to reflect on my life and dealing with a lot of the trauma in my life. Where I've really found what positivity means for me, right? Which positivity means that there is days where if you ask me how I'm doing and I'm having a shitty day, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like today was tough. Um, you know, I'm in my feelings, but I'm going to get better. So for me, that's really where my positivity comes from, uh, in knowing that I'm imperfect, but I get to choose you know, how I feel most of the time and yeah. the time that I don't, you know what, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for, for diving so deep. That is, I feel honored to be honest that you've, you, that you shared that because, you know, oh, like I said before, before we, we started talking, we all have a story. We all have got, we all have something. And, um, someone will relate to that and that vulnerability is so important. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I mean, of course you're going to have a, a relationship with food. Um, so wow. I, I have, I'm left speechless. <laughs> I really am so deeply honored because I was ready to talk about how, you know, cause uh, my, my parents are from Costa Rica. I was ready to talk a little bit about how the food we, we ate growing up. Um, maybe, was not the healthiest, how culturally maybe some of that food might not be the healthiest, but you just kind of dove right in. You just.
1: But, like, I mean, we what? could definitely, definitely touch on that, and, and, and I could even bring it back to you know, the fact that I, actually, I was born in South America. I mm-hmm. lived there until the age of 12. Um, and I experienced the way we ate, and, but a lot of the things that we ate as, as Latinos in Colombia, um, it was really from a place of poverty, right? Yeah. Where I clearly remember my grandmother going to the store on a daily basis to get like the two eggs that she was going to cook that day with the pound of rice that she was going to cook that day. And we didn't have the abundance of food that we have available to us now. Yeah. That's really one of the biggest things that I dive in with people a lot of times when they bring that up, right? The, The mindset of you have to eat everything on your plate, but it was because- that was the only meal that we maybe get today and later on maybe we get some hot chocolate and some bread to yeah. hold you through we didn't know we were poor or we weren't eating enough because we were alive we were happy but mm-hmm. what happens now is that the abundance is so available to us that whenever we are bored whenever we're emotional we can just grab for it right grab for that and to answer your question is whether do we, do we need to avoid or do we need to put down our food from our ethnicity or where we came from and the reality is no. Yeah. <laughs> it, can you really live life without enjoying the foods that you love?
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, I mean, ultimately cuz it goes back to the difference between enjoying the foods you love and having this relationship where you need that food. So for instance, I love rice and black beans, like a black bean soup with two hard boiled eggs and white rice. Like sometimes I'll have my brown rice, but when I need a hug from my food, I make sure that it's the white rice. Um, so we don't have to get rid of that. We just have to enjoy it for what it is.
1: Absolutely. Enjoy for what it is. And another thing, right. Um, remembering that maybe if we had a big portions growing up and then going back to the story, it was because that was, you were having those three meals and that was it. You weren't getting no snacks in between. You weren't well, going yeah, into yeah. the pantry. So also being mindful of that and saying, I don't really need all this food in my plate because you know how Hispanics do They'll give you the, the mm-hmm. mountain of rice with the beans and the steak and the fried plantains. If you deconstruct that plate and you make a smaller plate, mm-hmm. you can still enjoy the foods that you love mindfully being present in the moment enjoying the flavors to really make that connection with okay this is what this this plate means to me I can remember being in the living room with my grandma in the kitchen and my friends outside calling me to come outside and play but you're doing that because you're present with that food and after you're done with that meal you don't feel guilty you don't feel guilty you don't feel weighed down so it's really about how can you still enjoy those foods, but also knowing that it's, it's common sense. We need to do it in moderation.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, I'm not trying to dog different diets or anything, but the way I feel is that moderation. Um, and I guess one of the things that I also feel in terms of running, when a, what I say, you put on the shoes, you go for a run, you're a runner. I don't care what your pace is. It doesn't matter. You went for a run. It doesn't matter how many miles. Um, and it's almost like a moderation mentality or we all, we're all okay mentality. It, running is not a one-size-fits-all. Dieting is not a one-size-fits-all. Bodies are not one-size-fits-all. We all have different genetics. Um, so that plays a lot into how we eat, when we eat, um, and being comfortable in our own skin.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and you. Mm-hmm. Something you you said before was, you know, sometimes I have my brown rice, I have my white rice, and um, <laughs> that kind of bring it brings me back to thinking of of how also now people would like to categorize food as good or bad. Yes, right? yes. And, oh, this is bad food. This is a good mm-hmm. food, and and really put in. Um, those terms on food can become tricky for for a lot of people because then you know I, I mentioned having a relationship with food before, but when you think about it, should you really have a relationship with food? Right, really, that's where those terms like cheating come from. I'm yes. cheating on my diet are you really like would you feel as do you feel as bad every time you eat something you're not supposed to eat as if you cheated on your spouse or somebody (laughs) like no (laughs) no
0: or you shouldn't you shouldn't I mean (laughs) for some people they might though and and you're right you're right that's a great analogy
1: absolutely you shouldn't but and then we start to to have those those things and it's because we believe that this is better than that Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of you know People, no matter what ethnicity, start to think that like, they can no longer love the foods that they love. So, yes, they sacrifice what healthy means, which became a bodybuilding lifestyle, which is something yeah. completely different, which is brown rice, broccoli, chicken breast, yeah, yeah. asparagus, almonds. And people do this for two, three weeks. Women do it. They lose weight. They feel happy. They get more energy. But as soon as they go back to their quote unquote normal diet, they gain their way back they lose self-confidence, they feel worthless because they weren't able to stay uh, fit or keep the weight off in that vicious cycle because they weren't able to take it on a continuum of saying, okay, if every day I'm eating two cups of white rice with beans and steak, can I tomorrow eat one cup of white rice instead of two and do that for a week, Mm -hmm. right? They think that's, that's like, oh, no, that's not going to work, right? And then slowly being able to start from where you are to where you want to go. And I, I use running because you are a runner, and I love what you just said. You put your shoes on and run, and you're a runner. I've, I dabbled with running during <laughs> quarantine. It was the first time I ever did it. My head started bothering me. But when I read you and you said that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm a runner. I yeah. can say that. And, but you wouldn't tell someone who's never ran that mm-hmm. wants to run a 5k oh just going to run a 5k yeah. seven days a week
0: <laughs> yeah 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 you're absolutely right you have to start somewhere I mean I started with a with a couch to 5k program because I never ran in my life I was super awesome at warming the bench and like high school sports fantastic I could have won an award but I wasn't an a- wasn't and I'm I'm holding up my my air quotes a an athlete um but it's it's just such a like it's such a m- mental thing, this this dieting, this fitness, this athleticism for the average everyday amateur, you know. Um, like in running, I don't go out to win races. And that was a funny thing, Izzy. Um, when we started running all these races and these marathons and stuff, or I didn't, Marco has, she would ask him, So Daddy, do you think you're gonna run the marathon? And he, I mean, win the marathon, and he's like, N- "No, I'm not going to win the marathon." She's like, "So, why are you going out there?" And he said, "Because I can. Because I want to prove to myself and I want to prove to you that I can run 26.2 miles. It's not about all the people who are around me. It's about me challenging me. And I think that in terms of fitness and nutrition and and a healthy, happy lifestyle, it's not about the people around you. It's
1: for you wow and I thank you for saying that because that is 98% of the women that I work with that ends up being the issue they're so worried about what they're externally putting out to the world yeah. what they're thinking of them because they're overweight or because they're not working out or because they're not eating healthy they're so worried about that, that they're willing to do and sacrifice anything, put sacrifice themselves on drinking two shakes a day and one salad a day for months, just so somebody could see them and they could be like, Wow, you lost some weight external, right? They don't do it from within. Like, why am I doing this from within? What is it gonna serve me? Why is it gonna serve me? How is it gonna make me feel? How is it gonna make me happier? How's it gonna make my life better? There a lot of them are so worried on the external rather than the internal. And once you go in sort of like uh, your husband marco that's when he wins the race (laughs) in reality yeah that's how he wins. so in reality he did he does win the race every single time
0: (laughs) yeah exactly and it's so uh, again going back to to izzy because she's just you know she's she's my inspiration um she said the other day while i was getting ready to to work on some stuff for the for the podcast she said you know what mom i think your tagline should be it should be, it doesn't matter what your pace, in your heart, you still win the race.
1: Nice. <laughs> like,
0: all right. We need a my t-shirt. Seven...
1: We need a t-shirt. <laughs> yes.
0: And if my seven-year-old can get this, then I hope that, you know, you and I and, and anybody kind of working through running on optimism, um, we can kind of spread that message, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there, just know that no matter where you are, Yes, you are perfect. You mm-hmm. are loved. Um, I'm sure that the people that love you the most in your life don't look down upon you just because you put on some weight or just because yeah. you haven't been going to the gym or just because you don't have muscles popping out of your arms, right? The people that love you don't look upon you like that. So stop looking upon yourself that way, right? Stop talking to yourself that way. I always use the example of would you talk to the people you love the most the way you talk to yourself?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And you know, I on a long run, I can be out there for an hour or two. And the one thing that I always think about is coach yourself as you would coach someone else. If you're feeling tired, what would you tell your friend? You would say, "Come on, you've got this. It's just one more mile." So you got to treat yourself. You got to be your best friend, your best advocate before you can put that out into the world. You got to love you first and put that out.
1: Yeah, and honestly, that's always the first step to then your transformation, right? Which is what a lot of, not just women, people in general don't want to face. They just want to <clears throat> tell me what to eat so I can lose this weight quick. But if you haven't dealt with that part of it, you're you're going to self-sabotage every single time because that inner critic's going to come and pull you right back down. Like, you're not good enough. You tried this before. You know it's hard. I know you're restricting. I know you're going to binge on the weekend and it just brings them down and they just stay in that vicious cycle because they haven't really dealt with that part of saying you know what i'm okay with who i am now and i'm okay with 1% better improvement on a daily basis taking baby steps rather than i want it right now
0: yeah and actually you just had that on your post the other day about people just coming to you like all right give me the diet but it's it's so yes. much more than that right
1: 100% it's easy it's easy I can give you a diet and make you lose weight that's easy to do but I'm doing you a disservice yeah
0: it's because not sustainable
1: once, once you're done with me you're not going to be able to sustain it. number one and then you're going to go back to the same vicious cycle you were before and you're going to have in your mind that the only thing that works is that restriction of eating something somebody tells you to eat because they say it's healthy <laughs> rather than figuring out what's healthy for you you know Last night, I had quinoa for dinner, and I always forget that quinoa messes me up completely. I cannot digest it. It doesn't make me feel good. I'm bloated, and I look bloated afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I just stop eating, even though it's a superfood, I don't eat it. If I eat white rice, I'm fine, and I'm able to maintain my weight, my health, and my energy. So it's, it's really about that as well, being able to know what works for you. like You're an individual. Everything about you is unique.
0: Mhm. And I appreciate you uh, rewinding a little bit. I appreciate you checking me on me talking about white rice versus brown rice and I think that putting that out there it, it goes to show as positive and body positive as I try to be. Like there's just always that thing that society has ingrained in you and it, so I really appreciate you checking me because we all have that somewhere locked away deep in our minds that certain foods are superfoods and other foods are, you know, going to make you fat and sluggish.
1: Right. And it was almost for you subconsciously, you had to justify the fact that you would even eat white rice.
0: (laughs) Right? Yes. That's so so crazy. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I really appreciate that because I'm going to start looking at that differently. Like, you know, there are certain foods, yes, that I will eat if I know that I'm going to go out the next morning and run, you know, nine, ten miles. I will eat, like, the thing that I like to eat is lentils before a long run. Lentils, sweet potatoes, things like, um, like complex carbs, things that are going to hold me over. But it's not an everyday food. I'm not running nine, ten miles every day. Um... So it, I, I definitely will think about it a little bit more. And I hope that, I hope that more people start thinking about it a little bit more. Because it was just so cool to kind of be like, <laughs> oh, snap. So you're like, hello, you do the same thing.
1: Right, absolutely. And, and I think the beauty of what you just said also as well um, for your post, I mean, your pre-run meal is that you've found something mm-hmm. that works well for you. Yep another runner could easily go have that same meal and have the worst run of their life ever. Yeah. But you've been able to know that, like, okay, this, these are, these are the foods that really work well for me. And you know, now we're talking about you're also eating whole foods. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's another one of the biggest um, things that have, that started happening within the weight loss culture, which was that if it fits your macros or if it fits mm. your calories, where now you started to tell people that even mm. if you eat two Pop Tarts every single day and it fits your calories, it's okay right? Yeah. Like, would well, you feel a run with Pop-Tarts or lentils? Which one would you weigh out?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Pop-Tarts are great, like, mid-run.
1: <laughs> like when, <laughs> there you go. When you're,
0: when you're hitting that wall, you pop that Pop-Tart, but you want something that's going to sustain that effort. Um, and it is a lot about knowing your body, because sometimes Marco and I will talk about um what he, what his routine is and what he's going to do for his long runs. And it is not at all what my routine is. I read a great book that basically said, uh, women are not tiny men. <laughs> like no, I am not a small not. man. No, I am a, a woman with different calorie needs with different fat needs. I mean, women need more fat to sustain certain things. Um, so when, when we are constantly told to avoid fat, we're doing damage to certain processes that women are supposed to do. We do this awesome thing called uh childbirth. <laughs> 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 Carrying another human if we choose to. Absolutely. Um, and so our bodies are just made different.
1: Yeah. And then I mean I always I say joke because every time I talk to my clients about this, they 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 look at me or I hear their voice like, how do you know this? And I always say, women, um hormonally, you are on another level. We do not have to deal with yeah. anything remotely close to what women deal with. It's like one week you're about to go on your period. The other week you're on it. Yeah. The following week you just got off of it. And then you have maybe one normal week where your hormones are like, oh, I'm having fun this week. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you, women deal with so many different things. And, you know, when you talk about fats with hormones, you know, it, it, it really, really, really helps level out your hormones. Um, when eating healthier fats, right? When you're prioritizing those, your brain health, yes, hormones, yeah. your organs need to be cushioned. You need healthy fats in your in your diet. So thank you for, for bringing that up because it was like, what, in the 80s maybe where it became popular, the, the low-fat diets where a doctor did a study for low-fat mm-hmm. and all of a sudden his study got popular and fat was the demon that had yeah. the, the low-fat everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then and then we found out so they, there there is the margar- margarine versus butter. And then we find out that margarine's no good for you and it's just it's a lot to keep up with. It a really lot. is.
1: A lot um, to keep up
0: with. So it's no wonder that so many people have this as we were talking about like this relationship with food um, when when food is important, you know, and you know, I didn't grow up being able to have all the snacks. I grew up and in, in we lived in the Bronx and then we moved up to the suburbs. And culturally, and in a lot of different ways, I did not grow up like the people around me and they'd bring snacks into school and often maybe I didn't have a snack. Um, so similar, like sometimes I'll go out and I'm like, ooh, fruit roll-ups. Because to me, um, even as an adult, there's still something about being able to have that now because I couldn't as a kid. Um, and so there's the, always those uh, subconscious ideas around food um, and it's digging in. And this conversation really has me thinking a lot about some things about food that I didn't even realize I had.
1: Good, good. Yeah. And that's, that's really... That's the beauty. Every day is going to come up, even as a health coach. I go through my own struggles with food. There's days where I'm here sitting in my office. Next thing you know, I'll go upstairs with a coffee. And if I bought some cookies for the kids, maybe I'll grab two and I end up here just mindlessly eating them. And it could have been a project that I'm working on that I don't want to push through or I'm afraid Mm. that I'm going to fail. So all of those things, even as a health coach, I'm also an entrepreneur. So when my my business coach calls it, it's entrepreneur shit because it brings up all your shit. (laughs) And, and through life is always going to be dynamic that way. You're always going to go through yeah. the ups and downs. And, and it's just about and being able to have a foundation of mindfulness where you can mm-hmm. step back, find something that helps you reconnect with yourself and ask yourself, okay, how was that? Um, and, and for me, it's something that I do suggest to a lot of my clients and it's not for everybody, is keeping track of habits or keeping a journal or keeping a calendar. Um, I keep these things and I go over it every single morning, not because I'm so, oh my God, you're so organized. Oh my God, how do you do it? How do you stay disciplined? Mm -hmm. The only reason I do it is because if I don't do it, I'm all over the place. So I get to check in with myself every morning. Okay. Did I if if i'm if I wanna drink water, did I drink my water yesterday? okay I, did. I checked it off, but I also focus on celebrating my wins. What did I do really well right That's what that. I always say celebrate your wins every day and there's an exercise and i'm going to challenge you to do it um and i can even share with you off, offline and then maybe we could find a way to sometime share with your audience it's called oh, the, yeah. the, the the mirror work and it was actually introduced by my business coach and the mirror work is just based on taking 40 days straight committing 40 days straight to so standing in front of the mirror every single evening for even a minute looking yourself in the eyes and celebrating every single win you had for that day. And when you're done naming every single win, being able to look at yourself in the eye and tell yourself, I love you.
0: I love that. I love that. There's sometimes when I practice yoga, and I have to tell myself you are strong. I think, um, you know, self love is so important for me. I never loved myself. I battled with depression anxiety I mean I still do um, but at a different level um, I've learned to love myself through it through that but mostly because I wanted to show Izzy how to love herself she battles a lot of things and she's not like other children in physically in her capabilities and and but I want to make sure that she knows how incredible she is. But I can't do that if I don't love myself. I cannot tell her, Isabel, listen, you are special, you are beautiful, you are wonderful. If I don't look at myself in the mirror and I say, you know what, Sonia, you are beautiful, you are wonderful, you are special. Um, So I actually, that touches on something I wanted to ask you, how does this positivity translate at home?
1: Um, Honestly, I think it's it's made a huge difference in, in just everybody in the household in general, just being able to, when I first dove into personal development and I started to like, you know, feel better in my mind, taking care of my mind. Um, at first, I started finding myself a little bit judgmental, which is, and then I warn people sometimes when you go through, in, through a transformation, wow. you may find yourself in a place that you got to be careful how you treat the ones that you love because just because you're able to accomplish something, sometimes yeah. you become off preachy and yes. judgmental.
0: Yes, right? yes. So that's
1: one thing I want to highlight. So at the beginning, yeah. it just started to be um, something sounded, sounded in my mind. Sometimes I would even find myself like judging certain things that weren't worth of judgment. Um, and for me, it was when I chose to just lead by example. When I started to lead by example and just being my different self, being my more positive, looking at things from a better perspective, um, changing the mindset over things like, even garbage on the floor in, in the kitchen that has to be taken outside from a place of like, oh my God, look at all this garbage in my kitchen. So like, wow, look at all the garbage we could make because we have so much abundance of food yeah, that we yeah. ate throughout the day. And sharing those things with like my daughter, and my wife, we start to mm-hmm. catch ourselves correcting one another now, which then mm-hmm. builds a foundation where everybody gets on the same level and we start to make that impact. For the kids, because they're really the future, right? This is the change that we're trying to make. And like you, like you mentioned before, uh, most a lot of what you do is because of Izzy, and Izzy has given you that strength to go through your own transformation. But it's because we know that these are beautiful beings. And when I look at Izzy, I'm like, she is so wonderful. Being able to have, I was able to spend time with her. We worked out together, and just the way she carries herself, like I could tell that she is special. Like I could just tell by being in her presence. So we have to nurture that we have to nurture that. So it did, it did positively impact the household where then my wife got curious about meditation and she started to, to go through the same meditation process that we go through. She's dealing with the same coach. She's going through her own version of what that means for her and dealing with her own mind rather than me feeling like I had to have the answer for her because none of us have the answer for the other person in in our life.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, We've, we've been through it. I mean, Marco my, and myself, we've been through it and um, it really resonated because I found that I was really digging in deep for myself um, to improve myself. And Marco was a little delayed um, in, in kind of taking that time to think. And I'm like, well, what the heck? Like, I can see that you're doing XYZ. Why can't you see that? But it wasn't up to me. It was his journey. It was his time to acknowledge um, that he himself is wonderful and that there's things maybe he can work on, but it's okay. Um, I mean, we all have things that we can work on constantly. I always say that we are not stagnant. If we don't, if we don't keep growing and, and evolving, then life gets pretty boring. Yes. So, you know, one thing that we do at home is a, a gratitude journal. I got one for, for each of us. And every night, we've been slacking uh, since, actually since like New Year's. So we have to get <laughs> back on it. Um, so we each write down three things that we're grateful for that day. And we do it every night together. And then we do like a, we do a little share just right before we put Izzy to bed. And I think that that's a great also tool for, for changing mindset i got it i got them on amazon they're really cute
1: it is so i have i actually i do it every morning so i have a journal that has like little gratitude at the top and every single morning i just list out what i'm grateful for that day. Um, and it's normally something simple so like uh, you know waking up in a comfortable home with heat yeah I just had some coffee (laughs) I just had a big cup of water fresh spring water from a from Whole Foods (laughs) fancy Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but it's it's the little things and it's funny thinking about like the things that are generally what I'm thankful for and it's usually around the food that I make for my family I feel pride and again kind of coming back to food and its importance um, in a positive way. I love cooking my family good dinners and them sitting there, um, especially Izzy, because when she was on chemo, there was no food to be had. And now she's an amazing eater. Um, and watching her enjoy the food and look at me with those big eyes and like, wow, mom, this is really good. This one's, this one's a keeper.
1: That's, that's, be- that's a beautiful share, actually, which I think is also p- one of the biggest things in my transformation was getting back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Getting back in the kitchen allowed me to then start using fresh, real ingredients and putting them into my body. While still making them flavorful, right? Like still having fun with food. So um, nowadays, a lot of you know, a lot of our women or just men in general, just households, they don't even cook anymore. Everything that they eat may be from a frozen dinner, or they're ordering now an DoorDash, and they're not that part of getting in the kitchen and cooking. Besides sharing love with your family, could also bring a lot of health from the ingredients that you utilize. And so I think that's the beauty of it. And if you look at it from the perspective of like, one, I'm sharing love with my family by cooking for them. Number two, I'm sharing love by giving them healthy foods, and they're getting healthier. I'm getting healthier. It is a win-win situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, it definitely makes a difference. Um, there was a time when Marco and I, when when Izzy was sick, Marco and I basically were ordering. Um, most burritos on Mondays, Panera on Tuesdays, fried chicken Wednesdays. There was no cooking for me uh, or him. I just, my mental state was not one to cook. I was exhausted. I was sad. I, you know, a whole kind, all different things. Um, and it made a big difference. I think, cause you don't know how much salt is in the food. You don't know what oil they're cooking with, um, all different things. And I had never in my life and it wasn't just the emotional, um, Tax of Izzy's situation at the time it was the food too like there was it definitely took a toll on both of us
1: absolutely and and at first I caught myself saying well it's it was it was understandable from an emotional perspective but looking back in retrospect you knew that the food wasn't adding on to what you were already going through (laughs) it was making it worse
0: that's a very good point I mean I didn't have the energy or the love or the the but it isn't that amazing how now um food is is love for me and at the time i didn't have it just it's something for me to really think about and i think i i, I want to before i talk more about how i was feeling um i want to think about it a little bit yeah. more
1: absolutely absolutely but normally and then not in your situation but for most of us that look for food in, in, in times of emotions, we feel worse after we cope with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We feel a lot worse from a mental perspective and from a physical perspective. Your, your sleep takes a toll. So when your sleep takes a toll mm-hmm. then your hormones are out of place and it affects your mood. And if, and if it affects your mood, it means your gut health isn't in place. So you're not as happy. So like your body, as far as with chemicals, the environment that you're setting for, if you're already dealing with Stresses in life, it just becomes an additional stressor when you're not trying to at least do a little bit better in the way that you are eating, and this goes more for the for the women that are trying to improve their health, and they find themselves always lacking motivation, or feeling sad, or or maybe feeling um, depressed because of the way they look, because it's such a, a big pressure on them. Um, it's just understanding that. Unfortunately, those foods, a lot of the high calorie foods that feel comforting aren't helping you come out of that place.
0: And, and sometimes I wonder, though, when we're talking about food and cooking, the social norms that kind of are imposed and this, this idea that women have to do it all. I think, you know, one of my least favorite things and, and what I'm about to say might be very unpopular, but I absolutely um, hate the idea of lean in. Um, The idea that women can do everything. Um, We just have to use the resources and we can figure it all out. Some of us, some women don't have all the resources available to them to lean in, to be able to have a full-time job, to be able to be PTO president, to be able to be Girl Scout troop leader and also help with homework and work on that bake sale um, while meeting all the deadlines at work. And so something suffers. And oftentimes I think it is those meals because those are the things that we can say, um, all right, well, I can't do it tonight. I'm just going to get takeout and we're all, we'll all be fed. What about in those cases? 100%.
1: Like, um, so, I mean, let's say if, if I, this is a unique example, so it, it wouldn't be fair, but I still want to use it as an example in my own health journey. Getting into the kitchen was part of of my journey, so ever since then I completely took over the kitchen, right? Um, and there were many many weeks and many nights where I genuinely would step in the kitchen in a bad mood and make a meal in a bad mood because I just didn't feel like doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was a long day at work I was already starting to I was still in the corporate I was teaching um, fitness classes at the time that's when I was first dabbling into the fitness world uh, I was coming home and there was days where I just didn't want to deal with it right and it, it would be um I would be in a bad mood and, and just they didn't want to put that food on the pan so I completely agree with you where there's just there's just times where you just don't have the energy there's a lot on your plate Um and that's when yeah if you need to order out how can I make the best decision possible right now yeah right like with this specific moment what are those go-to places where I know I could order something that is going to you know make me feel a lot better from a health perspective after i eat it rather than just oh just because we have to order out and we're just going to get the fried chicken from kfc with the biscuits and, yeah that's okay once in a while maybe a plan indulgence. but if you know that in your lifestyle monday wednesdays and fridays are completely hectic and there's no way you're going to get to cook those meals how can you plan around those and make the best decision possible for those dates
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I can completely see that. And one, one of the things that you talk about a lot is planning. And yes. I guess it co- goes back to the very first part of coaching or what you've, what you said as part of your coaching is breaking those mental barriers and creating a new thought process, um, which I think is is huge. There's a lot of times where, you know, even I will try to talk to people and they'll say well i can't because xyz well you've got to you've got to prioritize is this is your health really important to you well then let's let's work on that
1: Absolutely didn't. And it's funny because one one of the exercises I do with uh, my clients is um, journaling their entire day in, in 15 minute incrementals. I just challenge them to do it for two days, you know, <clears throat> take out a piece of paper, I even give them a form every 15 minutes or even every hour, just revisit that and, and kind of fill in what you were doing within those 15 minutes throughout the whole day. And they start to realize there's so many time leaks throughout their day when they're doing Uh stuff that that is just mindless, that if they got purposeful even about one thing, then they could start to make that transformation. It doesn't mean that I'm asking them to go work out for 90 minutes and then spend another 90 minutes cooking. It's more of like, okay, you say you watch a show for two hours, right? Maybe we take 30 minutes of those two hours. Mm -hmm. How would you feel about going for a walk? How does that feel? Oh, well, I haven't even been able to walk or going for a walk for months. I could do that. And being able to put that into your calendar or somewhere and saying, I'm going to dedicate this to myself. And after you start feeling the benefits of that walk, then you're going to want to do more. But being able to be purposeful with your time and know, okay, how is this adding on to my life? And what I do from a personal level is I like to have four categories every time I look at my day. Uh, My career, my business, my health, right how am I going to become healthier or just keep up my health, my education. If there's something I really want to learn and get better at, how can I put attention to that? And the most important is the family. Like, how am I being purposeful with family time? Every time you see a pink in my calendar, it says family Mm -hmm. time at the bottom. I I know that that time is protected. And if somebody comes up, oh, let's have a call for a potential client at 530 on Thursday. I'm not, I'm just not available because I've put the purpose to saying that, you know what, that is my family time. And if I wasn't able to accomplish those calls beforehand, right? I have those boundaries. Being able to prioritize ourselves and what's Mm -hmm. really important to us, right? Because when we start to prioritize ourselves, a lot of women start to feel
0: selfish, right? Oh, 2,000%. Yes. Yes. Oh,
1: I could be with the kids or I could be doing Uh this, right? But just know that as you start to prioritize yourself, that equates to building habits that are going to become non-negotiable for you once it's non-negotiable and you feel in a place where you're loving yourself, when you show up for your family, you're going to show up 3,000% better. And that time is going to be that much worth to whoever you want to show up for.
0: It's, it's so true. And, you know, I recognize these things. I think um one thing is that it's not you're not going to have that mindset always. You know, sometimes Mm-mm. you're going to, you, you have this mindset of, okay, I need to take care of me, but then that, those other ideas that have always been there creep in. And to me, then I would feel bad that those ideas creeped in. Oh, well, I thought I was beyond this. I thought I was, no, it, it's a constant working oh, yes. on it. <laughs> it's, it's constantly reminding yourself. Um, and I love the other, the other day or sometime last week, uh, we were messaging about um the show, about you know, you yes. our our conversation. And um you said hey, my, um, what was it? My telephone time is almost up. I will get yeah. back to you tomorrow. So I
1: read your message because sometimes I have the bad habit of opening on the message and I know you can see it. So, so I read your yeah. message, but my phone curfew is in 10 minutes. I'll respond to you tomorrow.
0: <laughs> well, I, I just, I, I showed Marco and I was like, I love this habit. I think that you have so many habits. Um, one, it was courteous. You got back to me. And two, not only did you get back to me, but you didn't neglect yourself in getting back to me. And I think that that's such a great message. You gotta take care of you and then you can put that positivity and that kind of energy out. And I, I really think that was like the, the bow on, on the conversation or getting together for this conversation.
1: <laughs> and I thank you for that. And honestly, the reason why I did it, that was number one, to, to give you the respect yeah because most likely since i already knew that the family was waiting for me in the living room to watch something i probably would have gave you a very like non thoughtful response mm-hmm. <laughs> and i didn't want to do that to you because I respect you that much as well, and and also it kind of it, it would kind of translate like, well, John just responded like that. Like you never you never know, so that's that's another reason why, and, and and that's also part of developing myself, being able to also develop the strength of of saying no at the moment, but not feeling guilty about it because you're not really doing it from a place of harm or from a place of being a mean person. You're just like, hey. I, I open your your message, which in my mind was like you shouldn't open it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will get back to you because I respect you that much. But it's just not right now.
0: Like yeah.
1: In your way, you you understood. You're like, okay, that's fine.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's the way. Uh, if we start working on that, and we kind of everybody takes that mindset instead of you know maybe potentially being offended, which I don't understand why. Um, just knowing that everybody's got boundaries, we all have a, a beautiful life. Um, aside from what we're all putting out there. And I think that, um, you know, i kind of take a step back and appreciate the things here um, in our bubble, especially, you know, with COVID. We all, we're all talking about the bubble. Um, but let's take care of the bubble, right? And, and in that bubble is ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And, and with yourselves, going back to everything that we, were, that we wanted to talk about, is it, it, food is part of it. Food is, mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Um, and just remember that food is not just fuel, right? A lot of uh, a lot of the stuff out there, oh, yeah. calories, calories. Food is yeah. not just fuel. It's also in, it has information, right? Anytime you put anything into your mouth, it becomes part of your body, right? Mm-hmm. Your your body needs stuff like nutrients, which your food has. It needs vitamins. It needs minerals to thrive for you to be a healthy woman. If you're looking to have children and carry children, if you choose to do that, uh, then you want to be in, in a place of, of health as far as that's concerned. It is also a story for for a lot of us, as we mentioned earlier, is depending on where you come from. You could be Mexican, you could be from Costa Rica, you could be from Italy, you could be from Greece. It all, we all have a different story that comes to food. Some of us identify ourselves as foodies. Some of us like to be adventurers and go to different countries and try food. Mm-hmm. So where does that fall under the umbrella of the diet mindset, right? Being able to know that, listen, I could have a, a wide spectrum of foods, Just how can I stay as close as possible to those foods that are know real? Like I could say like, okay, this is a food and have a flexibility on those street foods. You don't have to cut them out of your lifestyle. Say 80, 20, right? 80% of the time Mm -hmm. is this food adding on to my body as far as health is concerned. And 20% of the time you can have fun and go into your favorite restaurants. You know, if you love donuts, you don't have to eat donuts every day, but every time you go to your favorite donut shop, guaranteed you're going to get that donut. Oh yeah. That's part of life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate talking with you. This would... My pleasure. So I'll include some more info about John and the Beyond Gym Selfies website in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Um, I love what John does. I love what he puts out there. So definitely take a look at that. And as always, I would love some feedback. Did you love what you heard? Want more, something else you wanna hear? Please be sure to check out my website and let me know in the comments.